0: to the Corbett Report on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I am not James Corbett. I am the guest host on the Wednesday nights of this month while uh, James takes his little sabbatical. And it is my honor and my pleasure to uh, guest host uh, an hour a night on this show. I've long been a fan of James Corbett's work. And uh, I hope his audience is uh, interested in the same things that i am interested in because uh we are involved in an information war these days and you see it every day every hour you see the story evolve from the time it's released to the end of the day within the two-week news cycle and then when it's finally packaged for mass consumption it is up to us as discerning citizens to dissect the sound bites that are fed to us usually with a hidden agenda at hand and uh, decide for ourselves whether this is truth news, or propaganda. Like I said, I'm Holland Vandenonov. I'm a a host on my own show called Free Mind Report. I'm also a a producer and writer for Free Mind Films. And for those of you who are not familiar with my work, uh, we released uh, Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995. We released it uh, in December of last year. And so... We uh, have been, uh, of course, on the promotional tour a lot and speaking to a, a vast audience, different networks of information, which is very encouraging. Seeing that many connected groups out there, audiences that I had no idea existed before. Uh, Chris Emory, our one of our producers, estimated that we've done over sixty interviews um, in about six months, and most of them on different shows. So, and I've, I have a feeling that we just uh, put our toe in the water of the vast audience out there that is really digging into the truth. So that is very encouraging. And encourage everyone out there to not give up the fight. Keep on plugging away at the mainstream paradigm. Form your own. Come up with suitable alternatives. And uh, if we all work together, spontaneous cooperation, we're going to win this. I know we will. Last week, I had as our guest uh, Kay Beach who was also a talk show host host on uh, Axiom for Liberty. And she was on air to discuss the uh, shenanigans that had occurred at the Oklahoma GOP convention the previous weekend. Uh, I'm not trying to localize this show. I'm just going to examine this issue and show the um, ludicrous machinations that are at work to prevent um, just a fair play uh, vote on the candidacy of Ron Paul for the Republican nomination for the presidency. And what you saw in the Oklahoma State Convention was a childish um, breakdown of rules and order. In fact, the hotel employees actually walled off a portion of the audience physically with movable barriers. They turned off the lights. And uh, the Ron Paul delegates convened outside to hold a proper convention because apparently the oklahoma state gop uh establishment republicans were accepting delegates without credentials we're not holding a roll call vote as the rules specify so just to update the the audience on what happened since uh kay's report um actually i'll get back to that on the other side you're listening to uh, the corbett report on republic broadcasting network Welcome back to the Corbett Reports. I am guest host Holland van den Noenhoff. And uh, for those of you just now joining us, uh, please feel free to call in with a question, comment, or topic to discuss. The number is 1 800 313 9443. I repeat 1 800 313 9443. And that is the Republic Broadcasting Network. Now, I'm the guest host for the Cobra Report for the Wednesdays of this month. And last week, I had on as my guest, Kay Beach, a local Oklahoma activist. I am based here out of Oklahoma City, where I actually am a host on Free Mind Report, which is broadcast on the FM dial, Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m. here, Central Time, in Oklahoma City and a couple other cities across the U.S., I know this is an international audience, and I'm not going to try to bore you with the minute details of a local issue, but I think examining the uh, results of the Oklahoma State GOP Convention here is indicative of the treatment that we're to expect when Ron Paul goes to Tampa for the convention. And here in Oklahoma, like I said before, uh, it was the Oklahoma State GOP Convention is run by the establishment, and it was adjourned early without business being properly conducted and according to the rules. So the state, the the Ron Paul uh, delegates met outside in the the parking lot and actually had their own convention by the rules and submitted their delegates to go to Tampa. Uh, And this was actually live streamed by various sources. There was a lot of international support. Someone, I think, in Norway or the Netherlands bought uh, pizza for the 400-plus people packed into the parking lot So people were interested in what was going on in Oklahoma, actually in Norman, Oklahoma, that afternoon just two Saturdays ago. And uh, there was a lot of support because people even internationally see that America right now is the preeminent power player in the world. And where the government goes, the world goes in America. So people are paying attention and people want Ron Paul to win to stop the illegal wars stop the foreign entanglements, stop the fiat money supply, and so many other things, uh, because they want America to be a bastion, like it once was, of freedom and liberty, which it is no more, sad to say. But here in Oklahoma, uh, just to update from the last week's show, um, the Ron Paul uh, movement here in Oklahoma has issued a letter to the credentials committee in Tampa, the Republican convention, uh, outlaying their case that the Oklahoma State GOP official delegates were selected, um, not illegally, but improperly against their own rules. So basically we're going to see in Tampa if the state, if the national Republican party ch- uh, committee, the credentials committee decides to follow the rules or decides to break the rules. Um, and you, we've seen this across the nation here in state GOP conventions because, like, uh, the Ron Paul campaign has pursued the delegate strategy, ignoring, for the most part, the uh, popularity popularity contest of the popular vote and going for what actually selects the candidate, that is, the delegates. And there is a disparaging and confused uh, count of delegates coming from the national media and you can see that the fix is in against Paul when they uh, announce headlines that, like uh, Ron Paul has suspended his campaign, which is totally untrue. There is no need to manufacture stories unless there is an agenda at work. And certainly the status quo that is here in America would not support a Ron Paul presidency because, of course, he would not support the military-industrial complex the consumerism of the wars, and so many other things that define the current power structure that rules this country and has connections and influence all over the world and is exerting its might through these unpopular wars of foreign aggression, occupying countries, bombing people for resource dominance. So we'll see. If that plays out in Tampa or if it was like last year, actually the last presidential election where there actually were a couple delegates, I believe one electoral vote from Oklahoma actually went to Paul. And in the 2008 uh, Republican convention on the floor when they're announcing delegate counts, uh, they actually cut the mic for Oklahoma spokesman before they could announce that they had their lone electoral vote for Paul. Um, not that he had a chance of subverting that convention, but they simply didn't want any recognition of the fact that Paul enjoyed any support whatsoever and doing my homework on this I was surprised to find that uh, uh, it's not just the Republicans are doing this that there are people uh, actually running for the Democratic ticket against Obama and who are scoring delegates and perhaps electoral votes and they are being sabotaged by their own Democratic Party so you see both sides play the same game in fact in Oklahoma uh, Randall Terry, uh, he believes that he may have, uh, have as many as seven delegates to take to the convention in Charlotte for the Democratic National, uh, convention. But, uh, he is dealing, and the other, uh, independent, uh, Democratic candidates are also dealing with their own internal subversion of their, of their rules and, uh, their delegate process. So you see, both parties are trying to stamp out any type of dissent against the establishment choice. They don't even want the illusion anymore of some kind of contest, which is strange. I guess their their instinct for monopoly is just overpowering their PR instincts um, to not even allow uh, their own people to run on a fair playing surface. Because if Mitt Romney on the Republican side truly is the chosen candidate, let the rules and let the Republican Party grassroots decide for themselves instead of being subjected to all these behind-the-scenes childish machinations. It's like high school, um, it's like a, a corrupt high school presidential election. If you, anyone's ever out there seen the movie Election, which is a parody of uh, of a of a rigged high school election and it took me about two viewings to realize that it was an actual actually obviously i should have slapped myself a parody of national politics and the agendas and intentions behind the scene uh, so i highly uh, suggest the movie election for any of you out there who want a good laugh besides it is a very clever movie so that remains to be seen in tampa and uh, I. S- fully supp- i fully expect given prior records of the national committee uh for more uh obstruction of the rules in Tampa to exclude any support any uh, vocal support for ron paul i remember talking to some of the people who came back from the 2008 convention and they uh and they were actually having dinner um and uh, some homeland security people walked in they had their homeland security uniforms on and I guess they were off-shift from uh, uh, protecting the public, and uh, they were eating, and so uh, these uh, these people went over. Some of them were delegates to the Republican uh, convention, but they were Ron Paul people. And they struck up a conversation with the Homeland Security troopers, and uh, they brought up the Ron Paul people. And the Homeland Security guys were like, yeah, you got to watch those Ron Paul people. They're bad. Really? So the Homeland Security detail and I'm sure this wasn't the only one, had been briefed that they needed to keep their eye on the Ron Paul supporters in the convention, on delegates to a national political convention. You see anti-terrorism being applied to the political process. And that is not that does not bode well for the future of free speech and dissent in this country at all. When Homeland Security is being briefed, and this is not the only occasion when Homeland Security has been briefed, or has briefed others, the the MIAC report, with, with, which uh, Alex Jones broke, of course, comes to mind, where Ron Paul supporters are labeled potential terrorists. And in these day in these days of NDAA, where they can detain you at will because they label you a terrorist, that's no longer a joke. That is a real possibility. That the government has the power to detain you should you be labeled a terrorist, and uh, on that there was actually some pushback against the NDAA, which is kind of good news. It's on the national level. I understand there's also some state pushback. I know here in Oklahoma, State Representative Charles Key has pushed forward an NDAA nullification act in the state uh, in the state house here in Oklahoma, which nullify. The execution or the administration of NDAA guidelines within the state of Oklahoma because it violates uh, numerous constitutional amendments, provisions, and uh, laws. And of course, Charles Key has always been a longtime champion of freedom and liberty. He's one of the fathers of the 10th Amendment resolution campaign, which has uh, taken fire in many state houses across the nation where uh, state houses and state senates are passing resolutions and trying to pass laws to enforce the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which clearly delineates the power divided and shared with clear, unimpeachable boundaries between federal, state, and individual power. Of course, the Tenth Amendment has long been discarded in the face of utilitarianistic philosophy on the hand of the uh, federal government. But, uh, you know, if people, if the government, the federal government is uh, upset or unable to conduct business according to the Constitution, which is its supposedly its foundation and bedrock, there is a process. Like I try to remind people when they say perhaps the Constitution is outmoded, there is a process. It's called the amendment process. And they don't do that anymore. Anyways, you're listening to the Corbett Report. We're going to be right back after these messages.
1: I'll stand tall like old glory, faithful to the republic. Security will prevail, as sure as I am the president. President Jimmy Carter. I
2: ain't got no home, ain't got no shoes, ain't got no money, Ain't got no class. Ain't got no skirts, Ain't got no sweater. Ain't got no perfume. Ain't got no bed. Ain't got no mind. Ain't got no
0: mother. Ain't Thank you for staying no with us. You're listening to corporal Report. Ain't I'm Paulin no VandenOornhof filling in, and uh, we have a caller on the line, Tyler from Ohio. He's been patiently waiting for several minutes. I was. Uh, Entranced by the end of my own nose instead of looking at the screen. And then we have Hunter uh, from Maine after that. But right now, Tyler, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, what would you uh, like to discuss?
1: Oh, whatever. You know, uh, I'm pretty well versed about everything that's going on in the world, and I- I'm really not liking it. And there's uh, wh- where do you start? I mean, I mean the, the poison in our food, the poisoning, uh, you, you can't even vote, and it means anything. Ron Paul is being screwed on a daily basis. It, wh- wh- where do you start?
0: Wow, that's a heavy question, Tyler. Um, well, you start with what you can, I suppose, and I'm not trying to speak to you with authority here. I'm just trying, trying to answer your question, and... Uh, I guess like perhaps like I did is just try to find your niche any way you can contribute uh to this movement for 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 freedom and for liberty and for truth.
1: Well I did and, that. I did that. Guess what? Mm-hmm. I um I patented uh, a product that it's a tea bag, yard or a man. Mm-hmm. And um it's yard or yard ornament you hang out in front of your yard it says we the people (laughs) explanation point and then underneath that it says remember with a question mark there's a flag underneath in the center of it corrupt government and I've I've been the Tea Party movements I'm a member of the Tea Party Mm -hmm. member of Campaign for Liberty Ron Paul, and you know what? Well, I will not accept any other president other than Ron Paul because you know what? This is it. This is it, people. This is it.
0: Well, I mean... If Ron
1: Paul does not get in. Our country is done.
0: Well, Tyler, I, I disagree, and, and not in principle, but I think that... for Here's the thing. Ron Paul, for all the support is most likely, at the very least, going to be cheated out of any chance.
1: Oh, yeah, so, and he has. And he has.
0: So when that happens, when that happens, it's important not to become demoralized. We can't. We can't surrender. We cannot become demoralized. This happened in 2008 when, when Ron Paul lost out. It is All of a sudden, 90% of the people I knew who were active dropped out because they had become demoralized. They invested all their hope in Ron Paul and it's good to support the man, give him money, do everything he can, this is great, but it's not the most effective means of change. And the most effective means of change that I've seen in the political sphere is on the local, state, city, county level. They they can fix the national game. They 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 got that done. They've had decades of practice on fixing the national game. But they cannot they cannot fight us on every local level.
1: One mile away from me is Diebold. Mm-hmm. Diebold are the ones that made the machines that, that vote. Okay, you know, you know, the voting machines, uh, the digital oh, yeah.
0: and all that crap? Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. They're based out of Ohio. That's correct. You're
1: right. It's, it's about a mile and a half away from me. And let me tell you what. Those people are corrupt, and the voter... The voter fraud that happened in 2008, well, that was um, on Cuyahoga Falls, which is not too far away from there either. Let me tell you what. We as Americans have to stand up and say no more. They've been lying to us. They've been cheating us. Mm -hmm. I don't want their new world order crap. No more.
0: Exactly, right. but we can't let our frustration demoralize us. And, and, and the only thing I can offer is that um, when, you're, when you're faced with a, I think Buckminster... Dude, was aren't this, you uh,
1: pissed? Aren't you pissed yet?
0: Oh, I am, sir. I am, and I have been for a long time, and, but I try to ch- channel it right. oh, I, into productive means. And I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying you're not doing that. I'm just I'm, I'm reflecting on the sentiment.
1: I know yeah. so many people that are so pissed, and they will not accept anything well, else other than what I'm saying to you right now. I'm trying to convey their message through me to you that they've had enough.
0: Well, that's Our good. voice
1: needs to be heard,
0: and it we've had enough.
1: Good. We're not going to take no more. Enough. Enough. You yeah. know, voter fraud? Really?
0: Yeah well then we have to come up with other solutions and other alternatives instead of merely beating our head against the wall of the corrupt state come up with workable solutions when people see an alternative at work they now know that they don't have to follow the old paradigm individual attitudes matter little in the face of no choices if we develop choices workable choices for people to look at therein lies hope i believe and uh... maybe this solution to the future I Thank you, Tyler from Ohio, and I hope you're able to put that energy to some good work. Uh, We'll be right back with another caller, Hunter from Maine. You're listening to Cobra Report. See you on the other side. To the Corbett Report, I am Holland van den Neuenhoff, guest hosting for James Corbett. And if you're listening, James, thank you for letting me guest host your show. It's quite an honor, and it's, it's very interesting to be able to talk to your audience, which seems to be very interested in the show tonight because we have a number of callers, and this is a long segment, so I promise to do my best to get to all of you, so please be patient. Our next caller is Hunter from Maine. Hunter, do you have a question or topic to discuss tonight?
3: Um, yes, I do, but first of all, I'd like to say that I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this question because um, I was misinformed. I, I would thought I thought that uh, Stefan Molyneux would be hosting tonight, and it's mainly directed at him.
0: Well, I'm a fan of Stefan, so uh, maybe I'll try to give a, uh, a paltry response to his, uh, a paltry imitation of his very good explanation of things. So go ahead, Hunter.
3: Um, okay. My question was uh, regarding DROs or the, the quasi insurance companies. Um, he basically, if you wouldn't part, if you didn't choose to be in a DRO, then you wouldn't be able to participate in the economy. So first of all, it doesn't just make kind of it, uh, isn't this kind of uh, violating the NAP, uh, the non aggression principle, not directly, but in that people are forced to do this instead of. Because they won't be able to, uh, participate in the economy if they don't have a DRO. And secondly, why would people have DROs? Because the DROs would, uh, they would outsource their, their outsource their services, say a security guard, if it, co- if they would charge you, uh, more money than it would cost them to, uh, pay the people, like the security guards to do it, or so that's an example because they, they would pay, let's say they pay uh, the security guards $2 for their service to, uh, they contract them, then they need to make a profit. So they would charge you $5. So it would be easier for you to just go straight to the security guards without the DRO because they would just be a middleman. Just like a, a government is like a middleman for providing services. It uh, Eventually a monopoly would be created. So why would DROs exist? Why would people uh, want them? And doesn't it create sort of a uh, doesn't it create sort of violence if you wouldn't participate in a DRO since you'd be acted on against?
0: Um, yes, uh, those are very good questions. And for those of you listening, who may not be familiar with uh, some of Stefan Molyneux's uh, voluntarist philosophy. DROs are dispute resolution organizations, and I, I'm I'm not really well versed, but I understand the concept that there are any kind of agency that provides the services you would normally associate with a government. So instead of paying compulsory taxes to a government for whatever services it chooses to provide, you would actually have a choice to go to a company that would maybe have an all-encompassing um, uh, Milu that you could choose from, depending on the, whatever fees you wanted to pay. If you wanted them to handle your security, if you wanted them to handle your insurance, if you wanted them to handle your um, retirement uh perhaps uh any kind any kind but it's mainly involved with security and that seems to be the big question um with the voluntarist or anarcho-capitalist philosophy and the concept of a, a monopoly state is with, if with with competing security systems uh would would obviously a war break out amongst these private companies and how would people choose? Would they choose these? Would they be forced to choose DROs? Now we can also, we can. I guess my answer can be, and I'll try to keep this short, uh, because I cannot claim to be an expert. I'm merely a student of voluntarism, and that uh, basically there are workable models in place. We don't have to just delve completely into theoretic, uh, theoretics. Um, in the government, in, in the nation of, well, actually the, the non-nation, the stateless society of Somalia, which many um, hardcore statists refer to as an example of a state gone bad or what happens when you have no state, uh, Somalia does have competing justice systems, competing security forces, um, competing uh, means of support and retirement within the tribal system which has evolved in their society, over thousands of years.
3: Yeah, to n- comment and to comment on that is uh, when statists refer to that as an anarchist example. It's flawed in that there are tribal leaders, and anarchy anarchy means uh, no leaders, not not just no government.
0: Yeah, well, anarchy is, is basically a slur these days. It's it's a loaded term, and I, I don't yeah. deal. I try not to use the word because you know it usually has three or four negative connotations that, and you pretty much skew the argument after that. Um, so that's why I guess why they they prefer the term voluntarism. It sounds a lot nicer. There's no bomb throwing voluntarists. <laughs> Anyways, so what you, you're asking questions about how the DROs would operate and how would they provide all the services and what would happen if someone chose not to be in a DRO? Well, I think that obviously, and when you refer to outsourcing, well, there would be choice. There would be choice, and the choices would be reflected by demand. Demand would dictate that prices be kept low. And if outsourcing was providing too heavy a fee for you, there's nothing to stop you from directly hiring a bodyguard to watch your business or to protect your car or directly hiring a security service to respond to calls to your home. Um, there is nothing stopping you from doing that. And I think that many of these questions Stefan probably has a very precise answer for. But what I am confident in that is that a f- totally true free market would provide these answers. And to gem- demonstrate that, I think people should start having voluntary... I mean, It's probably being done. But have voluntary workshops, experiments, see how it would work. Use computer modeling. There is a whole... Uh, apparatus of information gathering and interpretation that can be applied mathematics to this system. And I think that it deserves to be tried because, at the very least, it's a lot more moral than the state monopoly in our services, which demands our money at gunpoint, uh, gives it back to us with conditions in which, we, if we break, they'll come after us at gunpoint, and tries to provoke morality at the point of a bayonet, which is any, uh, any first-year uh, psych student will tell you, is by definition not moral if it's provoked at the, at the, uh, with the threat of violence. So uh, I uh, encourage you, Hunter, to please continue your studies, your inquiry, and I truly think that uh, the philosophy of voluntarism has to provide, will, will provide a lot of answers for our problems. So thank you for calling.
3: Thank you.
0: Anyways, uh, let's see, we have a couple minutes here. Actually, we have uh, 13 minutes left in this segment, so I'm going to go straight to the next caller, bill from idaho bill are you still with us
2: yes bless you thank you so very much for everything you do each day for the republic very well, very, you very impressive much. well between uh, all you uh, uh young broadcasters that have uh, recreated the uh spirit of uh you know free enterprise broadcasting and uh, what that has, it is um, that it is such a short period of time it's uh not only compelling, but encouraging. Uh, uh, Mike, this afternoon, announced that uh, by his estimate the analysis, the numbers are surpassing CNN. And with your presence and uh, commanding voice and uh, certainly the others, uh, the road warriors, certainly Lark Lark in Texas, I certainly hope sometime that uh, all the young people will be able to take many victory laps as uh, John and Sandy Stepmiller. Uh, mm-hmm. you know recognize the uh, uh plaudits that they should have for all the efforts that they have uh, given throughout the years, uh no less uh jack in uh, mm-hmm. his efforts uh to uh cause the mind and hearts of man to uh be softened and the next be unstiffened <laughs> and the woolly next be uh turned in the direction of our heavenly father so that uh Maybe we would be able to hear better. Uh, It it, it would be, uh, you know, just a dream that uh, Carol Asher would uh, be flooded tomorrow morning by uh, the young gentleman. You know, the colonel mentioned, you know, before there was uh, overcast, uh, or before there was a paperclip being overcast, uh, even at the darkest of the battle, even towards the end of the battle, you know, there would be that little light, I think,
0: Heard it on your airwaves tonight. Well, thank you, Bob. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to cut you off. Please continue. I just want to add that um, I once one time when I was heavily into the investigation, of the Oklahoma City bombing, I was confronted with a lot of corruption, and I and I sought the guidance of a mentor how to deal with all this stuff, and I and I didn't know how to deal with it. And he said, wherever there is great evil, there all, there is also great good, and right. we are dealing with a vast adversary, but we also have vast allies and that's good on our side. So please continue.
2: Well, the Colonel mentioned that uh, the opposition has all the stinkers and we have all the thinkers. You and this young gentleman has communicated as well as the programs before uh, all day long on Republic and hopefully people are able in some way to support the campaign and certainly support the radio station get the vampire killers to your uh, sheriff's sheriff deputies if mm-hmm. not the bailiffs. There are good people within the communities that, uh, Lark rails against, and rightfully so, Jack McLamp's number is two of our, Carol Asher's number, I believe, is 208-935-7852. That's 208-935-7852. Remember, if you haven't had a chance to read very closely, uh, any of, uh, uh the, uh, uh, history, uh, you definitely will get to repeat it. And for exactly. the tea, for the teebaggers the teabaggers <laughs> that would warrant that they know, they know, they know. We know who you are, we know who you represent. And that Republican that dirty, nasty, war uh, warmongering Republican the Re- Republic Democrat Party is a thing of the past. And you're hanging on to false hope. And our Lord said, our Lord Jesus Christ mentioned, let, let no man deceive you. And yet, it would be they that would deceive themselves. And so, bless that cognitive dissidence that you fight mightily against, uh, the hardened hearts of men, uh, uh, is not broken. I, I would hope while you're on the air that you get a hold of, uh, Pastor Chuck Carlson. We mm-hmm. hold these truths get him on, see if we can get last word out to what little church has left. And uh, bless you for everything that you guys do.
0: Take care. Bless. Thank you, Bill, Bill from Idaho. Um, yes, of course, and uh, you made a good point that all of those who are clinging to the false paradigm, um, and you see when they resort to force to enforce this dying paradigm, that we are winning when uh, Galileo was uh, put under house imprisonment, it's not because the Vatican could uh, outprove him. It's because they had no um, tool to bring to the table but brute force, and within a generation or two, the new paradigm had uh, afflicted Western Europe. So uh, that is proof that we are winning. So thank you, Bill. Uh, our next caller, Dave from Arizona. Dave, are you still with us?
4: Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call.
0: No problem. Thank you for calling. Uh, what what would you like to discuss?
4: Uh, I wanted to th- respond to uh, like uh, I guess it was your first caller who was uh, speaking about Ron Paul. Yes, and he was uh, he sounded kind of upset.
0: Yes, he did. Uh, Tyler, that was Tyler from my Ohio.
4: Yeah, Tyler. Um, I can understand where he's coming from, and uh, I uh, what I wanted to uh, respond to was the fact that. Um, even though, even if Ron Paul did win the presidential election, that's no guarantee we're going to solve all of our problems.
0: Yeah, that's the point. I mean, if Ron, okay, let's just say an optimal best case scenario, Ron Paul does win. And if he did get the Republican uh, nom- nomination, he probably would beat Obama according to the numbers released by CNN. Let's right. say, okay, let's say Ron Paul becomes president. So what, he's got, what does he have to deal with? He's got to deal with both houses of Congress who hate his guts. A Supreme Court is not going to cooperate. The military industrial complex is going to foil him at every every turn. A bureaucracy that's going to resist every change that he's going to try to put in, into place. Basically, one, the battle has just started. And two, um, you know, powers you know, that may become very upset. And uh, you may just have a 76-year-old man die of a heart attack in office. That's a worst-case scenario. Right, go ahead.
4: Or he just might, might have a really uh, distasteful dinner one evening and uh,
0: keel over for some mysterious reason. Well, like I said, if a 76-year-old man died of a heart attack, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise.
4: Right. So, um... He would have a lot to deal with because it would just be one man against, basically, the world. So I think what people need to get... I mean, I, I don't... I'm not saying don't vote for him. By all means, the, the go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for him. But the thing is, people have to get get by this notion that Ron Paul is going to actually save the nation that's not I don't think that's going to happen you're right
0: you're right and please people listen to that because don't, don't let 2008 happen again when Ron Paul lost everyone became demoralized and dropped out and now we see them all back four years later this illusion of revolution every four years serves to dilute our energy and to demoralize us when we try to play by the rules and it gets rubbed in our face that it's not going to work so please don't let This time, don't let it demoralize you this time. The fight continues.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, the way I look at it and the way I would kind of respond to um, the first caller would be to say that um, people should live as if we're... People should live as if Ron Paul never existed to begin with. Like, they should just assume that we're in the middle of of a collapse because, frankly, we are. I mean, it's all around us. They should be prepared. They should be, like, thinking about things, of how to prepare and prepare for the worst. And even if Ron Paul does win, they should still be in that mode because if he wins, that's just the drop in the bucket. That's just the beginning, and that's just a chance, the sliver of a chance that we're going to get through this. He could fail for all intents and purposes.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, if he became president, you can guarantee that the entire... Uh, wrath of the establishment would go into effect, to obstruct him in every way. Right. But you're right, we should prepare on our own. Also work on the local level to get as much freedom as we can, but also prepare on our own because if a collapse or when a collapse does occur, if we already have a community that can sustain itself, that's a workable model. You right. can look at that instead of, uh, waiting for FEMA to come into town and, and crack, crack skulls and hand out food ration tickets. If there's already a workable community in effect, an alternative to the uh, massive police state response to an economic meltdown, uh, that is that is a solution.
4: Right. And another point that I wanted to make is that a lot of societies and civilizations have collapsed and they have survived. They people have learned how to deal with black markets. They've learned how to trade on their own and make their own small communities. So when people say, "Well, we failed" or "It's collapsed," They should do, they should define what it means to to be a collapse.
0: Yeah, mean? I don't think we're going to go back to rubbing sticks together. Right, and
4: fires. right. So people need to kind of get through their get get through their minds that we might a uh, collapse doesn't mean a ro- necessarily a road war situation. Oh, exactly.
0: Well, thank you, Dave from Arizona. We're getting a break. Uh, well, uh, thank you for calling. Welcome back to the final segment of the Corbett Report. I am not James Corbett. I am Holland Vandenohnoff, guest host. Once again, my pleasure to guest host uh, this week for James Corbett, who's on sabbatical. And if you're listening, James, thank you very much for allowing me to uh, pilot your show uh, into the infosphere on the infospace, on the infospace, and uh, strike one more battle in this victory that we're all approaching uh, we've had a number of callers tonight who are uh, very concerned with uh, the state of affairs here in America and the Ron Paul campaign, and uh, the, the consistent theme has been to not become demoralized if, yet again, the Ron Paul campaign is cheated out of a fair election. Likely are, that is going to happen, I'm sorry, but it's, it's likely we're going to be cheated out of the chance to see if Ron Paul could win the presidency. And it's not through any lack of effort on our own. It's because the establishment cannot abide by a Paul presidency. It is detrimental to their very power base. And if anything history dictates is that uh, elites power groups do not give up their position willingly. But uh, so when that does happen, if it does happen, if and when it does happen, another theme has been to don't give up our ground game. Just like the Paul campaign has achieved, tried to achieve victory by pursuing the delegate strategy, something that the uh, mainstream media could not countenance, something that the Republican Party could not uh, fight off by their own rules. They had to cheat and lie and steal. They couldn't fight it. So what do we do? Have a good ground game. Local level. They cannot stop multiple communities across the nation rejecting fluoride. They cannot stop the expansion of self-defense, which is happening here in America, in this country. In fact, I had a friend who commented that the the expansion in gun rights and the the attitudes towards gun rights may be part of a long-term plan to provoke events. Well, I say no, those were all done on a state, local level. They can't fight it. We can expand our freedom sphere on the local level, state, county, city. Really, let's go after some city. Let's let's start getting some really good city council headlines on communities rejecting fluoride, uh, allowing the Constitution, ensuring property rights, even nullification of unjust laws on the city council level. And there is a precedent during the Bush administration, dozens of cities major ones across this country passed resolutions against the USA Patriot Act I don't think many very many of them actually had provisions for real nullification but some did so it is possible that is a workable model we can actually control for our own good our local communities and I think that's the game we should be playing you've been listening to the corporate reports I am Holland Van Dornoff. We'll be back next next week for another edition of the Cobra Report on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Thank you very much for listening.